Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, audio, media, radio network. Follow, share, subscribe, like at Harp on Sports and all your platforms. Harp on Sports, of course, the Facebook page, YouTube channel. Check out our podcast on Spotify, Budsprout, and Apple Podcasts. Here we go. Here we go. College football is here. The NFL right around the corner. NFL preseason pretty much in the rearview mirror. So what do we have in store for you on this edition of the bar? Uh, The Jags and their bags. Good baggage and bad baggage. A little frosty bite. ESPN duped, or were they? And one in a million. Max a million. So it all first with the Jaguars. As they throttle the Cowboys, Trevor Lawrence plays well. They've traded away Gardner Minshew and Urban Meyer. I, look, I thought they should have kept Gardner Minshew if the offensive line was that bad, was that poor. And they pretty much light up the Cowboys with their first stringers. And what did you find out? Well, you find out that the Jaguars were missing four offensive linemen, four starters. And Trevor Lawrence still was, what, 11 to 12 for a buck 30 or whatever he was. So he looked good. Now, here's the thing when it comes to this. You know, you own your baggage, right? You own it. My whole issue with the Jaguars is if we're going to sit there and be critical of them because they looked poor on Monday night, which they did, they looked bad, but then come around and say, oh my gosh, Urban Meyer looks in over his head. They're not prepared. The Jaguars are a mess. If you're going to do that on Monday night, fine. But you can't come back Sunday and say, yeah, the preseason doesn't matter. What do you deal with the preseason? You can't be bad and held accountable for being bad. But if you look good, it doesn't matter. It doesn't work that way. It's kind of like that whole SEC thing with bowl games where, oh, we weren't trying when you get beat, when you win. See, SEC's better than the Big Ten. Own it. Own your baggage. And the Jaguars struggled on Monday night. Five days later, come out. Trevor Lawrence lights up the Cowboys with only one starting offensive lineman, Jawan Taylor. A.J. Cans in COVID protocol. Linder was out. Norwell was out. Just the way it is, man. Cam Robinson's out. They're all expected to be back. Oh, okay. Now, trading Gardner Minshew away for a sixth-round pick. Look, there, Urban Meyer created some competition. And then, adios. Why? You can't have Gardner Minshew hanging around if Trevor Lawrence struggles. You just can't. You can't. Quickest way to a quarterback controversy. It's his. Here are the keys. It's yours. Urban made it seem like that may not happen. And clean sailing from here? Question mark? We'll see. We'll see how this works. But I do know this. They look so much better today than they did on Monday. Now, look, this whole pipe dream of nine and eight, that's not going to happen. This team went five or six games. Yeah, we're going to do our predictions coming up on Thursday's edition of the bar. Well, we're going to do our college predictions for third on Thursday. That'll be my NFL predictions uh, early next week. But I, I look, if you're a Jaguar fan, you got to feel good about this after three preseason games. And three preseason games get you a little bit of a feel, doesn't it? You know, we go from last year having none to two years ago in the previous decade plus having four, even before that, before we had the structure of the league in the early 2000s where you had five, six preseason games, depending on the team. Three, the magic number? Well, we'll see. But it took three to get this, didn't it? It did. Could you get it down to two? Yeah. What's the point of one? The point of these are to make money at three. You're fine. 17 regular season games. Here we go. Now, it feels weird having two weeks off now before the season starts, actually, depending on how you look at it, 11 days. But that's fine. To me, it's fine. Here we go. So, again, <laughs> the Jags seem to be in good shape and getting a sixth for Gardner Minshew. Who knows? Is it <laughs> Lutton or is it Brithard or 
Bethard or Luton, however, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter this thing about, oh, they need to have a veteran as a backup. Why? Well, in case something goes wrong. Well, then the Bucks are hosed if something goes wrong with Brady because the backup's who? Gabbert and Trask? This whole thing about needing a veteran as a backup, needing a veteran as a backup in case something goes wrong. Well, why? If something goes wrong, you're hosed. Bengals burrow out, you're hosed. Chiefs Mahomes out, you're hosed. Those elite teams, you lose your quarterback, you're done. If the Browns lose Mayfield, done, cooked. There are a few teams in the NFL where you can lose your quarterback and be fine or be okay and survive. The Eagles a couple years ago, four or five years ago, it's an anomaly. What if Lawrence gets hurt? What are they going to do? They're going to lose a lot. That's how it works. So there we go on the Jags front. Uh, but no, good sign heading into the postseason or into the regular season. Again, can't tell me that Urban Meyer is not ready for prime time. Boy, they don't look good. The offense is a mess. They come out and they slice and dice the Cowboys the first two drives. He pulls the stars and goes, that's ah, preseason. No, doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. So there you go on that front. Something else over the weekend, uh, Nebraska losing against Illinois. Brett Bielema, here we go. Illinois, Brett Bielema, out of the gate, beats Nebraska. Scott Frost is in year four. Same thing as Dan Mullen at Florida, year four struggling. And again, I think, you know, 0-1, a loss on the road in the Big Ten, there's going to be games in there. I thought if Scott Frost could somehow get to 7-5 and or 8-4, and you can go from there. But this just goes to show you when you have a good coach, don't screw it up. Expectation levels, fans are ridiculous and absurd. And Nick Saban has made it that way because of the success he's had. And so has Dabo Sweeney and everybody's chasing that. And you look at what Nebraska had going way back. You look at Nebraska's last two coaches that had winning records that they fired. Frank Solich had a winning record. They pushed him out after going nine and three. That was what, 19 years ago, 18 years ago? Has it been that long? Yeah, geez, about 18 years ago. Then what happened? Well, then they kind of fell on it with Callahan. And then they got Polini. And Polini led them to what, four straight division crowns? When Nebraska go to four straight Big Ten championship games? He had nine win seasons, four straight nine win seasons. Then what happened? Not good enough. Out. Not good enough. We need to be elite. Then what happens? They hire Mike Riley. That's a disaster. Hire Scott Frost. That's a disaster. Now, I'm not saying your expectations shouldn't be high. But if you're getting to the conference championship game every year and you have a good coach, maybe, just maybe, take a deep breath back and realize not everybody's Alabama, not everybody's Clemson. It takes a while to get there. Even if you do get there, I give Notre Dame a lot of credit for Brian Kelly and their patience with him. After they got drilled by Clemson, what, four years ago? They could have said, oh, that's it. We need to be elite. They could have chased down a Scott Frost. They could have. They could have went after somebody like that. Who knows what it would have gotten them. Brian Kelly, does he win them national championships? No, but he gets them in the game. Well, they get drilled. Hey, man, the last two times Notre Dame's made the college football playoff, the two times they've made it, Alabama beats them by what, 17 last year, whatever it was, beats Ohio State by what, 30? Every year, the, the, the two times Notre Dame's made the college football playoff, they get drilled by Clemson. They lost by three, four touchdowns. Then Clemson goes out and beat Alabama by more. So Clemson beats Notre Dame. Then they beat Alabama by more. Last year, Alabama beats Notre Dame. Then they go out and beat Ohio State by more. Oh, they're not ready for this. Well, then neither was Alabama. Alabama didn't belong and Ohio State. Didn't belong even though Ohio State beat Clemson. So that, just take a step back with this. And now if you're Nebraska, okay, what do you do? Well, you figure out where you are and you got to make a decision. You do this over again? You can do this over again. And then what? I got a guy like Jim Harbaugh. What's Jim Harbaugh have? Three, four, nine win seasons at Michigan. Oh, we got to make a change. Good gracious. Got to come up with somebody else. Why? For what? What What are you going to come up with that's better than what you have? I don't know. Something. You ever notice that when you say when somebody wants to fire somebody or can somebody? Well, what's your suggestion? Well, anything's better than this. Anything isn't a person. 
anything's better than this. Oh, good. I'm glad you're in charge. I'm going to fire you and replace you with what? I don't know. Florida Gator basketball fans are this way. Get rid of Mike White and replace him with who? I don't know. And Jay Wright from Villanova. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Realistic. In Nebraska with Scott Frost, yeah, they lose to Illinois. What If this team can go 7-5, and five, it's tough to recruit there. It's tough to win there. It is. It may take him six, seven years before they get to eight and four, nine and three. You're going to fire him and hire who? He's not ready for prime time. This just shows you when you have a good football coach that has success in major college football, in a major conference, at a school that's not known for it, you snatch him up. I remember five years ago when we were having this discussion about what, or four years ago and the disaster that was Jim McElwain at Florida. And, you know, they're talking about who should Scott Strickland hire? Chip Kelly, Scott Frost innovative offenses. Look what they're doing. Meanwhile, Dan Mullen had gone what? He got in Mississippi State ranked number one in the country and lost to Alabama by what, 10? In Tuscaloosa? Took Mississippi State. Was able to navigate LSU-Auburn, that division. Took Mississippi State to a major bowl game? It's like, well, that's coaching. Produced that, that, that's coaching. Now look, do I think Dan Mullen, you know, at times, is asleep at the wheel? Sometimes. But what coach isn't? Last year, Alabama's defense gave up 50 points to Ole Miss. It happens. My question is, Dan Muller, more off the field than on the field. So, look, it's a good football coach. He is a good football coach. And you look at what Nebraska finds themselves in a position at. <laughs> you look at, you know, Michigan here with Jim Harbaugh. He's got to beat Ohio State or he's gone. Okay, okay then you're going to go hire who? The next good Matt coach? I think a lot of programs overvalue their, their value or their self-worth. Like, you know, we won three national titles. Yeah, and they're all before the internet. Whoop-de-doo. Don't let your nostalgia get in the way of your importance. You know, 30 years ago, Nebraska, top of the heap in college football. Would you even put him in the top 30? If I went through and said, I'm going to pay you $5 million to be a head football coach, start writing the places where you want to coach first. Where would Nebraska be on that list? Find a good coach, build with him. It may take you a decade. Winning a championship, got to win championships, championships, championships. I, I get it. I get it. That's why I look at what Texas just did. Good gracious. Here we go again. All right. All right. So I'm looking around like the different college football programs right now and them being patient and trying to get where they want to get. I look at what Florida state's done. Now I think Mike Norvell is going to be a good coach. It's going to take him a couple years to get there, but Dan Mullen had Florida. What in the sec title game in three years, they may take a step back. You see this now with Georgia, you get rid of Mark Rick and Kirby smart comes. It's like Kirby better win it this year or what? You're going to fire and replace him with who you're going to replace him with, huh? And remember this, just because a song knocks another song off the top, 100 billboard spot doesn't mean that that band's a better artist than the other band. Some movie had to knock off a movie off the best-selling list, right? Can anybody remember what Titanic was number one in the box office for like 20 straight weeks? You remember what knocked it off? Lost in Space. Yeah, that cinematic classic with Matt LeBlanc. So <laughs> you've got to be able to take things with a grain of salt. And that's how I look at that, at least when it comes to coaches and... <sighs> You know, I look around the SEC, and Auburn may be the best example. Gus Melzahn, it's time to go. Okay. Uh, and replace him with what? Auburn did to Gus Melzahn what Nebraska did to Bo Pelini. Uh, not, not enough. Should be winning championships. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, Scott Frost goes 7-5. and five. I just have this feeling that they're going to go like 7-5, and five and they're going to shove him out. We've got to see what he can do. Lost to Illinois. It's, it's done. Hold on, gang. Did they look good? No, they didn't. Pump the brakes. This team goes eight and four. Let's face it, that division's pond scum. That's mean. The division isn't any good. Who do they have over there? Illinois, Northwestern. Who else is over there? Iowa. <laughs> that division's just bleh. Was Purdue over on that side? There's Purdue on the Ohio State side. 
See, I can't even remember how they divided the Big Ten now. Isn't that a shame? So, okay. Minnesota, loaded. I'll tell you what, loaded. Okay, uh, shifting gears here. I, I've got two more things for you. There's a story, and I want to make sure I get this team right. Bishop Sycamore out of Ohio took on the IMG Academy here in Florida. IMG Academy's loaded. They got like, what, 15 Division One recruits. And this Bishop Sycamore apparently claimed to have a bunch of Division One recruits, and turns out they don't. ESPN got duped here a little bit. The score of this game was what, 58 to nothing? It was 42 to nothing with five minutes to go or four minutes to go in the second quarter. So this is on national TV. ESPN has two high school teams playing, and the IMG Academy just completely and totally you know, torches and barbecues and sautés this Bishop Sycamore team to the point where, you know, your broadcasters come on TV and say, hey, look, we couldn't verify how good this team is. And they tell us they have all these recruits, and turns out it doesn't look like it. So everybody's like, ESPN got duped. ESPN got duped. If that's the angle you take on this, this is fine. Here's my angle, and I went back through and looked. Bishop Sycamore was outscored last year 227 to 47. 227 to 47. That's abysmal. That's just terrible. Okay, 227 to 47. Then I think for a second, how could you fall for this? Then I think of something else. Think about how awful and terrible and rotten human beings must be that run this school that coach this team. You were outscored 227 to 47. You lost to this IMG Academy 60 or what were they 58 to six last year, whatever they lost 48 to six. So they lose this team by 40, 50 points last year. This team is outscored 227 to 47 last year. And the administrators at this school and the coaches say, Hey, let's go on national TV and get our kids embarrassed you have 16 17 and 18 year olds that go on national te- television they get skull drug it was like how could espn fall for this that's what you take away from it espn made a mistake yes they did but how awful of a coach do you have to be to trot your kid out there to get scalped on national television hey you know what we could be on tv we're gonna get the piss beat out of us and we're gonna get squeezed to death but let's go out there and who wants to get drilled who wants to get drilled let's go let's get hey mom and dad your son's gonna be on espn Against the IMG Academy. Now, we fudged and said a bunch of our guys are Division One football players. So we're going to get out there and we're going to prove them right. And ESPN's embarrassed by it. But how is the outrage directed at the coaches in the school? Think about this. I, I, I just think about, like, my nephew's high school basketball team. And if you'd come out, you know, Indiana, Northeast Indiana, if you come out and say, hey, we're going to take this high school basketball team. And they're pretty good. And we're going to go up against the team with LeBron James's son. Was it Bronny and Scottie Pippen's son? And is it? Kenyon Martinson, they're going to take on this team on ESPN. Be like, listen here, buddy. I, just some advice. Don't do it. Well, it's a great opportunity. What, lose by 60? You're not, you're not ready for that. You're not ready for that. And the, shame on the coaches and the, the school. Shame on them. Everybody's mad at the network. Shame on you guys for letting your kids get destroyed. Like the ESPN made a mistake. The ESPN did? Good gracious. This is like one of those things where... And you've seen this in football. Remember when Savannah State took on Florida State or Savannah State took on Oklahoma State a couple years ago? It was 84 nothing at halftime or whatever it was. It's like, what are you doing? It's like, what's Savannah State? Or, you know, what's Oklahoma State thinking? Yeah, shame on them. But shame on what are you doing? doing getting killed like that. What do you think was going to happen? Just, yuck. Wonder wrap with this because I think this is really cool. Max Scherzer. I'm going to do a little baseball here. I went through and looked at the baseball standings. This is where we are today with one month to go. One month to go in the regular season. Exactly one month. Your playoff teams would be the Rays, the Sox, and the Astros would win the division. And the Yankees would host the Red Sox. That's awesome. Again, Rays, Sox, Astros. Yankees would host the Red Sox in the playing game. In the National League, your division winners would be the Braves, the Brewers, and the Giants. And the Reds would visit the Dodgers. And I was thinking about this looking at the Dodgers. Max Scherzer is now 4-0. and 
since being traded from the Nationals to the Dodgers. Max Scherzer, right now, with one month to go, Max Scherzer four and zero, and he should finish about seven and one, right? And I was looking at this. Max Scherzer should win the Cy Young this year. His numbers are going to be there to win the Cy Young with Degrom being hurt, and you know Adam Wainwright's having a good year. But come on, Scherzer should win the Cy Young, which would give him his fourth. Clemens has the most with seven. Scherzer with four would get him up there with Randy Johnson. Get him up there with Greg Maddox. It's pretty exclusive company, wouldn't you say? Pedro Martinez won three. So Scherzer could win a fourth Cy Young this year. If Max Scherzer, and I'm going to give you some other numbers about Scherzer and Max a million, right? One in a million. I was looking at some of other his numbers and where he is. He's got 187 wins and 97 losses. If Max Scherzer, okay, who's going to be a free agent, would go into the Dodgers because the Dodgers are loaded with all the talent that they have. The Dodgers are going to win 95 to 100 games, if not 95 to 105 games. If Max Scherzer would sit around and sit with the Dodgers and go, look, 37 years old, I'll sign a three-year deal for you under market value. Max Scherzer is going to win 16 to 20 games, if not more, every single year. Well, he's winning 15, 16 games at the National. If Max Scherzer stays healthy, Max Scherzer is winning 20 games every year with the Dodgers. So if you sign a three-year deal, Max Scherzer is going to be right around that 250 win mark. Sometime here this month, or actually in the month of September, Max Scherzer will get his 3,000th career strikeout. So if he'd sign like a three-year deal for the Dodgers and run this thing out, Max Scherzer, I have him right around 250 wins. That's Bob Gibson territory. More than Pedro Martinez. Now, you know, Greg Maddox, I'm talking about right-handed pitchers now because Randy Johnson, 300. Tom Glavin, 300. Trying to think of the guys that have gotten to 300. Randy Johnson, Tom Glavin. Of course, Greg Maddox got to 300. It's been a while. Somebody got to 300 wins. Is Greg Maddox our last right-handed pitcher to get to 300 wins? Maybe. Maybe. He's never going to get there. He can get 250, 251. And as he approaches 3,000 strikeouts, I was looking at this. Don Sutton's seventh all-time with 3,574. Three, he's going to finish when it's all said and done. Max Scherzer is going to end up with the second most Cy Youngs ever behind Roger Clemens. He has a chance to finish in the top six in strikeouts and have a win total right around Bob Gibson. You may be talking about Max Scherzer as being the best right-handed starting pitcher since Pedro Martinez. And Max Scherzer, one of the top 10 pitchers in the last 40 years. That's what the numbers tell us. Who won his fourth Cy Young this year? So it's up to him what he wants. It's up to him what he wants. He can go out there and look, go sign with the Diamondbacks or go out there and go sign with the Cubs. He could go some, do something like that and make $30 million a year, make $100 million over the next three years, and you know go 14-8 and eight every year and fine. But you know he wants to get above 250 wins and close in on Bob Gibson type of win numbers and, and end up in the top six, seven all-time in strikeouts and with the Cy Young totals take a run. At Roger Clemens, because this will be four. Clemens has seven. Max Scherzer, maybe one of the top five pitchers of the last 40 years, if he stays in L.A. So there you go. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, audio, media, radio network. Follow, share, subscribe, like. You should do it, YouTube. Uh, you can check out our podcast, Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts. Buzzsprout is where we're housed. Still working on the website, getting that thing updated. Uh, Going to have a bunch of cool new features on there in the next two, three weeks. I think we've got it narrowed down about two weeks, two and a half weeks. It'll be ready. Um, at least looking in that ballpark to get this thing done, at least get it started. So there you go. And coming up this week, we're going to have our, I think, Thursday night. Pretty sure Thursday night. 
uh, college football. I, I, I'm hopping on Fridays now, but this week I'm going to do Thursday because Friday is going to be a zoo because of our first Gator game. Um, so we're going to do our college football predictions, college football playoff predictions, Heisman, all that stuff. So there you go. And remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends.